Chapter One, Part One of The Prince of Good Fellows. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Prince of Good Fellows by Robert Barr. Chapter One, Part One. The King intervenes late evening had fallen on the gray walls of stirling castle and dark night on the town itself where narrow streets and high gables gave early welcome to the murk while the westward facing turrets of the castle still reflected the departing glory of the sky with some suggestion of stealth in his movements a young man picked his way through the thickening gloom of the streets there was still light enough to show that judging by his costume he was of the well-to-do farmer class this was proclaimed by his broad coarse bonnet and the grey check blade which he wore not looped to the shoulder and pinned there by a brooch highland fashion but wrapped round his middle with the two ends brought over the shoulders and tucked under the wide belt which the blade itself made the fringes hanging down at each knee as a lowland shepherd might have worn the garment as he threaded his way through the tortuous streets ever descending he heard the clatter of a troop of horse coming up and paused looking to the right and left as if desirous of escaping an encounter which seemed inevitable but if such were his object the stoppage although momentary was already too long for ere he could deflect his course the foremost of the horsemen was upon him a well-known noble of the scottish court out of my way fellow cried the rider and barely giving him time to obey the horseman struck at the pedestrian fiercely with his whip the young man's agility saved him nimbly he placed his back against the wall thus avoiding the horse's hoop and the rider's slash the victim's right hand made a swift motion to his left hip but finding no weapon of defence there the arm fell back to his side again and he laughed quietly to himself the next motion of his hand was more in accordance with his station for it removed his bonnet and he stood uncovered until the proud cavalcade passed him when the street was once more clear and the echoing sounds had died away in the direction of the castle the youth descended and descended until he came to the lower part of the town where turning aside up a narrow lane he knocked at the door of a closed and shuttered building evidently an abiding place of the poor inhabitants of stirling with some degree of caution the door was slightly opened but when the occupant saw by the flash of a light that came from within who his visitor was he threw the portal wide and warmly welcomed the newcomer hey guidemond he cried you're late the night in stirling yes said the young man stepping inside but the farm will see nothing of me till the morning i've a friend in town who gives me a bed for myself and a stall for my horse and gets the same in return when he pays a visit to the country a fair exchange replied the host as he closed and barred the door the low room in which the stranger found himself was palpably a cobbler's shop 
boots and shoes of various sizes and different degrees of ill repair strewed the floor and the bench in the corner under a lighted cruise held implements of the trade while the apron which enveloped the man of the door proclaimed his occupation the incomer seated himself on a stool and the cobbler returned to his last resuming his interrupted work he looked up however from time to time in kindly fashion at his visitor who seemed to be a welcome guest well said the shoemaker with a laugh what's wrong with you wrong with me nothing why do you think there's anything amiss you are flushed in the face your breath comes quick as if you had been running and there's a set about your lips that spells anger you are a very observing man fleming replied he of the plate i have been walking fast so that i should have little chance of meeting anyone but it is as well to tell the whole truth as only part of it i had a fright up the street one of those young court sprigs riding to the castle tried to trample me under the feet of his horse and struck at me with his whip for getting into his road so i had just to plaster my back against somebody's front door and keep out of the way it's easy to see that you live in the country balangaish replied the cobbler or you would never get red in the face over a little thing like that i had some thought of pulling him off his horse nevertheless said the laird of balangaish whose brow wrinkled into a frown at the thought of the indignity he had suffered it was just as well you left him alone commented the cobbler for an unarmed man must even take whatever those court gallants think fit to offer and if wise he keeps the gap in his face shut for fear he gets a bigger gap opened in his head such doings on the part of the nobles do not make them exactly popular still i am speaking rather freely and doubtless you are a firm friend of the new king and the shoemaker cast a cautious sidelong glance at his visitor a friend of the king i wonder to hear you i doubt if he has a greater enemy than myself in all scotland do you mean that balangage inquired the shoemaker with more of interest than the subject appeared to demand laying down his hammer as he spoke and looking intently at his guest i never say it if it wasn't true replied the laird it was some moments before the workman spoke and then he surprised the laird by a remark which had apparently nothing to do with what had been said before you're not a married man i think you told me no i'm not there's time enough for that yet returned the other with a smile you see i'm new to my situation of responsibility and it's as well not to take in the wife till you are sure you can support her what like a house have you got and how far is it from stirling the house is well enough in its way there's more room in it than i care to occupy it's strongly built of stone and could stand a siege if necessary as very likely it has done in days long past for it's a stout old mansion it's near enough to stirling for me to come in and see my friend the cobbler in the evening and sleep in my own bed that night if i care to do so is it in a lonely place i can hardly say that 
it is at the top of a bit hill yet there's room enough to give you rest and retirement if you should think of keeping retreat from the busy world of the town what's on your mind fleming are you swithering whether you'll turn farmer or no let me inform you that it's a poor occupation i tell you what's on my mind ballangage if you'll swear piously to keep it a secret indeed i'll do nothing of the sort replied the young man decisively an honest man's bare word is as good as his bond and the strongest oath ever sworn never yet kept a rascal from divulging a secret entrusted to him you're right in that you're right in that the cobbler hastened to add but this involves others as well as myself and all are bound to each other by oaths then i venture to say you are engaged in some nefarious business what is it i'll tell nobody and mayhap young as i am i can give you some plain useful advice from the green fields that will counteract the pernicious notions that rise in the stifling winds of the crowded town well i'm not at all sure that we don't need it for to tell the truth i have met with a wild set of lads and find myself wondering how long my head will be in partnership with my body is the case so serious as that ah it is then why not withdraw ah that's easier said than done when you once shut a spring door on yourself it isn't by saying i will that you get out you'll not have forgotten the first night we met when you jumped down on my back from the wall of the greyfriars church i remember it very distinctly but which was the more surprised you or i i have never yet been able to settle i know i was very much taken aback not so much as i interrupted the cobbler dryly when you came plump on my shoulders i was going to say went on ballengage that i'm afraid my explanation about taking a short cut was rather incoherent oh no more than mine that i was there to catch a thief it was none of my business to learn why you were in the kirkyard by the way did you ever hear any more of the thief you were after that's just the point i'm coming to the man we were after was his youthful majesty james the fifth of scotland what the king exclaimed the amazed laird just him and no other replied the cobbler and very glad i am that the ploy miscarried although i fear it's to come on again i never heard the like of this you may well say that you see it is known that the king in disguise visits a certain house for what purpose his majesty will be able to tell you better than i he goes unattended and secretly and this gives us our chance but what in the name of the god of fools whoever he happens to be would you do with jamie once you got him deed there's many things that might be mended in this country as you very well know and the king can mend them if he likes with a word now rather than have his throat cut our leader thinks he will agree to reasonable reform and supposing he doesn't agree are you going to cut his throat i don't know what would happen if he proved stubborn 
the moderate section is just for locking him by somewhere until he listens to wisdom and it is in your mind that my house should become a prison for the king it seems to me worth considering there seems to me very little worth considering the matter it's a mad scheme supposing the king promised under compulsion what would be his first action the moment he returned to stirling castle he would scour the country for you and your heads would come off one by one like buttons from an old coat that's what i said trust the word of a steward says i it's pure nonsense oh i'm not sure but the word of a steward is as good as the word of any other man replied ballengeich with a ring of anger in his voice at which the cobbler looked up surprised you're not such an enemy of the king as you let on at first commented the mender of shoes i doubt if i should have told you all this have no fear i can pledge you that my word is as good as a steward's at least i hope it's a good deal better your plan is not only useless but dangerous my friend i told you i would give you my advice and now you have it do you think james is a lad that you can tie to your bench stool here lock your door and expect to find him when you come back you must remember that james has been in captivity before when the earl of angus thought he had him secure in the stronghold of falkland and yet jamie who was then but a lad of sixteen managed to escape man fleming i must tell you about that some day tell me about what inquired the shoemaker oh well it may not be true after all said young ballengeich in confusion but a friend of mine was gardener at falkland and knew the whole story about james's escape never mind that my advice to you is to shake hands with all such schemes and turn your back on them oh that's soon said cried the cobbler with some impatience keep out of the fire and ye'll not be burnt says the branch on the tree to the faggot on the woodman's back you see ballengeish in this matter i'm between the cartwheel and the hard road my head's off if this ploy miscarries as you've just told me and my throat's cut if i withdraw from the secret conclave it's but a choice between two hashings there's a dead cobbler in any event i see your difficulty said the lad do you want to be helped out of it does the toad want to get from under the harrow when is your next meeting and where the meetings are held in this room and the next will be on wednesday night at eleven o'clock bless my soul cried ballengeich would nothing content you but to drink the whole bucket full the rendezvous in your shop then whoever escapes your head's on a pike ay murmured the shoemaker dismally it isn't taking very many of you to overturn the house of stuart said the lad looking about the room which was small there's just one less than a dozen replied the cobbler then we'll make up the number to the even twelve hoping good luck will attend us for we will be as many as the apostles 
between now and wednesday you might confer with your leaders fleming tell them you know a young man you can trust who owns exactly the kind of house that james can be kept fast in if he is captured say that your new conspirator will take the oath or anything else they like to give and add what is more to the purpose that he has a plot of his own which differs from theirs in giving at least as much chance of success and possesses the additional advantage of being safe whether his plan miscarries or not there will be no need to fear a reprisal and that is much to say in its favour it is everything in its favour said the shoemaker with a sigh of relief very well then i will meet you here on wednesday night at this time and learn whether or no they agree to have me as one of their number if they refuse there's no harm done i shall say nothing and the king will know no more about the matter than he does now i could not ask better assurance than that said the host cordially as his guest rose they shook hands and the guideman of ballengeich after peering out into the darkness to see that the way was clear took his leave End of chapter 1, part 1 Read by Lars Rolander